Welcome back to Coaches Exploring the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People from a Principles Behind Clarity perspective. And today we're on to Habit 6, Synergize. And uh, the section starts with the title, Principles of Creative Cooperation. And uh, it's funny, Lynn, Elaine and I were just chatting and Lynn mentioned a quote, the, I think it's from Aristotle, actually, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. And the whole time I read this chapter of Synergize, um, I thought of the three of us doing these programs and, you know, the whole being greater than the sum of the parts that, uh, you know, we could each individually read these books and have our ideas and insights. But when we get together and talk about it and share it, um, and then, you know, all the folks out there that watch these, they're, they're becoming another part in the whole, just, you know, it gets kind of bigger and bigger. So I thought, you know, we're, what we're trying to do here is kind of the epitome of synergizing. So um, yeah. a big check mark for us on habit six. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and that that he just says that uh, himself so nicely, you know, when properly understood right at the beginning, mm. synergy is the highest activity in all life. Mm. And then the true test and manifestation of all the other habits put together. Which actually, as I as I read that, I thought, well, hang on a minute. If this is habit number six and the seven habits, and this is the the synergy is like the the sum total plus more, what's going to go on in habit number seven? That's that really got my curiosity going. Mm. But we'll come on to that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like I love to think about the diagram, the the way he's drawn the seven habits. It's it's two triangles pointing at each other. So the bottom triangle is. Yeah. The first three habits, which is um, personal victory or private victory. And then uh, um, the next three habits is uh, public victory. And, yeah. then the, and then the seventh habit is the circle around the whole thing. So yeah. all will be revealed. Yes, all will be revealed. Stay <laughs> tuned for next episode. Yeah, no, so, uh, go ahead. No, no, I was just thinking to our, our little brief discussion before we started there, and um, he he uh, and be, and upon that whole was greater than the sum of the parts, and when we were talking about you know the the why of coaching, um, and I can't, I don't know if I'm if I made if I wrote this down or he actually said it, but what I wrote down was. You know, being open to discovery and accepting that we'll never know exactly how things turn out, and that is entirely, you know, every time we turn up, that's that's what we're turning up to. We never know. We we don't know what's going on, and we don't know how things are going to turn out. So, yeah. if we're not open to discovery, there's no point turning up. Mm. It's uh, yeah. yeah, it would be a moot point. Yeah, and yes. and and just to add to that, I guess in most cases, as, as he says at the top of the next page, you know, the creative process is also the most terrifying part. And, and, and indeed, yes, but it's so well addressed, you know, in, in, from a clarity perspective, um, because that's part of life, just taking on board everything that we don't know. But what we do know is that none of it is real. Because indeed we don't know what it is, so how can it be so terrifying? And and I guess sort of from there, that's just perhaps one thing for me where that Stephen Covey doesn't address, if you like, but indeed a, a clarity of three principles perspective will address it 
fear, yeah. which is often, you know, a, a critical condition in the human in the human condition. And it's it leads to you know good or good or bad outcomes whatever um, from something that actually doesn't exist which I think is quite amusing one way or another yeah yeah what's well, interesting gives me great comfort <laughs> I knew you'd say that Lynn <laughs> it's interesting when you, like when you when you bring that up like the creative process is also the most terrifying part like you know. I, I can imagine that most people reading that sentence would just nod and be like, oh yeah, like as if it were true. Yeah. Um, just like, you know, like it's all it's coming up on the hall Christmas season here. And I, I remember being on calls and people would be like, Oh yeah, it's all oh, the holidays, it's such a hard time of year, and everyone would just nod. It's like, you know, that's made up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. that's a, that's very interesting. Uh the next thing I had highlighted was he says synergy is everywhere in nature. If you plant two mm. plants close together, the roots commingle and improve the quality of the soil so that both plants will grow better than if they were separated. And uh, to me, that, that just points back to kind of the you know, principles in, in that, you know, we look to nature quite often for, you know, things that are true or, or, or rooted in principle, not to you know, notice I just said rooted and we're talking about two plants, but mm. uh, yeah, I, I love that reference back to nature. And then the, the next thing was the essence of synergies to value differences, to respect them, to build on strengths, to compensate for weaknesses. Yeah. And I think, you know, the uh, all the troubles in the world, and I'm, I'm oversimplifying things here, of course, but, you know, to me is a, is a clear indicator of, of not valuing the differences. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And it's it's a very root concept as well. Yeah. Um, it's a, almost a no-brainer. And a little bit like you were saying before, you know, yeah, like people like read it and go like, yeah, but like like think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and in this in this chapter, actually the first time, and I'm now made a, a note to go back and do the whole thing. Um, you know, just again, if we actually make a a heartfelt attempt to seriously as he's always put in each chapter you know application suggestions mm. like that work because again yeah. that's gonna let's say it's a bit like when you have a plant you know sometimes little seedlings and things we start growing them in water but but they won't they won't be able to sort of take root as it were they'll make the roots but they mm. won't take root until we put them into some like solid ground. Yeah. You know, that's what it sounds like to mm-hmm. me. It's like sort of the shift from, oh yeah, let's read this. Well, that's a bit sort of watery, you know, yeah, yeah. And then but put them into some soil, into the earth, into the yeah. ground, so yeah. that they can, you know, grow deep and and then be applied as yeah. such. You know? Yeah. Well, I love that metaphor because I, I feel like that's what we've done with this program and with the when we reviewed the second edition of Clarity. Like normally we would just read a book and then go, oh yeah, I've read that book and up on the shelf it goes. Um, and it's, you know, when you read through it the first time, you you get those uh, root, initial root growth. Um, and what we've done with this, you know, spending weeks and weeks diving deeper into these books, it's like, no, now we've taken those roots and put them into soil, into fertile ground and, um, you know, 
we'll see when the fruits come to bear. <laughs> yeah. 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 Love it. On uh, on 310, he talks about, you begin with the belief that parties involved will gain more insight and that the excitement of the mutual learning and insight will create a momentum toward more and more insights, learnings, and growth. And of course, I had to highlight that because the word insight yeah. was used three times. So <laughs> bingo, there's, there's one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and for me as well, the word here, you know, one of the key words, insight then, but momentum, oh. which I think is fundamental in everything, of course, because how often, you know, in a, in a, in a problem-solving situation, the very idea of, of having a problem sort of denotes some sort of stuckness. You know, mm. we have a problem. We can't move forward with this. We can't get anywhere. We're not getting anywhere. We've got to solve it. Otherwise, we won't be able to. But how indeed insight in synergy already re requires some sort of movement. So it's not just from one person who has a problem. You need a second and a third and a fourth or a fifth or however many. You need a team or something that's going to create the movement. And there's also a sense of like more insight will bring more movement. It's like it's it's it just sort of gives a sense of already being at another, let's say, another energy level. I don't want to say spiritual, but let's say just a different, higher vibrational energy mm. that starts with, you know, a, moment, a momentum that build, builds up on the insight that that it come that comes from the synergy. Mm. That was what I got from there. Yeah. I love the I've I've done a lot of reflecting on the idea of momentum mostly in relation to the the work i do coaching with in sports but it's like because in sports there's there's a notion of building momentum you know if i win if i break a losing streak and i win a game now i have momentum going to the next game mm. and when you think scientifically or in physics momentum is actually like a it's a real thing with you know there's a force and things being applied but in terms of sports or psychologically momentum is just a construct like it's there's not actually anything there and I, the when i've been reflecting on it, it's kind of to me it, it points to jamie's idea of subtractive psychology right it's like mm. the momentum is um the the contaminated thinking getting it out of the way yeah. the more you're in clarity it feels like momentum because because there's nothing pushing against you and, yeah. and you're free to keep kind of keep going and you have an insight and then that leads to another insight and, that, and we use the word momentum to describe it but it's really just a lack of insecure thinking or a lack of contaminated thinking yeah. um, so it's kind of a, a cool idea yeah 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 um, that's a great way to look at it and what that suggests is even though we're talking about synergy and um, the notion of uh, more than one in terms of people, when you have that, one is enough. Mm. And when you have that lack of contaminated thinking and some clarity, then mm. and that, that's enough. Yeah. He talks at the, the end of the chapter, which I'm sure we'll get to, uh, about like individual synergy, like synergy with self. Mm. 
And I think yeah. that's that's kind of what you're pointing yeah. to. Yeah. 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 I highlighted here because I, I like the thinking about things in terms of the contrast, but ineffective people live day after day with unused potential. They experience synergy only in small peripheral ways in their lives. And, uh, you know, to, I highlighted that just because, you know, my, the name of my business is team unleash your potential. And just, you know, it seems like um, such a shame <laughs> when people have, you know, each of us, everyone has potential and, you know, living in a limited way to, you know, I, I just see the, the, uh, you know, it's just such a shame that, that, that people can't see that potential for themselves um, and tap into it. And, and I, I, the other thing coming to me is like the, the innocence of it is like, you know, ineffective people aren't being ineffective because they want to be. <laughs> You know, like you use the word stuck a few times today already. And, you know, it's just, and that's where we come in as coaches, like helping people get unstuck and uh, and realize that was what's already there. Just something, the idea of, of what you were saying just before that, Greg, you know, the the idea that we oft times an individual will, um, experience as it says synergy and only in small peripheral ways in their lives so sort mm. of like you know, playing on home ground kind of thing all the time and it just struck me that the 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 very fact of connection is something that runs through every single human being on mm. this planet so that if if we we look at it from a connection point of view it's going to be extraordinarily hard to have any experience of synergy if you kind of keep it all for yourself mm. it's sort of again a no-brainer yeah. you know it cannot however much you might think like or the, you describe yourself as an introvert or you describe yourself as a, a brilliant leader and you've got to do it my way sort of thing the, the more sort of directive kind of approach um because of the fact of connection and that's the way we are the whole society is based on that that part will always be the you know people experience experiencing synergy in small peripheral ways in their lives like for themselves will always be ineffective Mm. That there's like not even a choice in that statement, because mm. as, as Jamie will say, it only works one way. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, I love that you're talking about connection because I think it's like, you know, and I'm sure you guys have experienced it in coaching or in the courses that we've been on, but just holding a space for somebody and, and having that connection with them. Like there's there's instant synergy. Like the, there's a like when when they when you're able to fall into that connection or or fall out of the contaminated thinking that you're not already connected. There's an immediate uh, uptick in the synergy in the in the in the room. Yeah, you talked about levels of vibration and energy and things. It's like yeah, it's just tapping into what's already there. Yeah. 
which which again he he describes here in you know to some degree the idea that you know indeed in an emergency situation where people cooperated to an unusually high degree and submerged ego and pride mm. in an effort to save someone's life mm. Mm. and that's what happens even in just the coaching situation the moment that that connection is made there is no space for ego or pride mm. Mm. And the result is exponential, of course. And, and again, to me, looks like, as, as, as Covey describes, synergy. Yeah. Or again, the, the, the idea of the parts, you know, the sum of the parts being much greater. than so it's not, it's like, as he said later on, you know, one plus one equals three kind of thing. It's yeah. mm. funny, I'm thinking of, Jamie often refers to the Hafiz poem, a pillow for your head or a cushion for your head that says, you know, separation is the hardest work in the world or whatever. And I'm thinking like, you know, being ineffective is the hardest work in the world. <laughs> yeah. Like keeping yourself separated, keeping yourself down. It's uh, it's heavy lifting for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he will come to it speaks later on, you know, where he comes to what he calls, I can't remember now, but I, I've, immediately transformed it into resistance the idea of resistance and mm. so little diagram we'll come to it um oh yeah the the two forces yes the two forces yeah you know, that, that seems to be speaking to that to yeah. that you know, yeah the next thing i had highlighted was on 320 I've come to the belief that the key to interpersonal synergy is intrapersonal synergy. That is synergy within ourselves. Yeah. The heart of inter intrapersonal synergy is embodied in the principles in the first three habits, which give the internal security sufficient to handle the risks of being open and vulnerable. So it's, you know, that the idea of, of being, having enough self inner security that uh, the ego can kind of go, Go away. <laughs> you're not yeah. at you're not at risk. You're not vulnerable. Yeah. 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 And I, I underlined that as well and then left a space and triply underlined the vulnerable bit, just as you described. Yeah. yeah. And then coming off the heel of that was his story about the the husband and wife who weren't getting along and the <laughs> right brain, left brain thing. And yeah. the, the wife yeah. was you know, like, it's just a, and I, what the thing I highlighted where she says, it's just a feeling. She just said a, a very strong feeling. And of course, being a student of Jamie's, I thought, you know, I wonder if she knows where her feelings are coming from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it just highlighted to me that, yeah. in this whole thing with synergy too, like the, the, how valuable it would be for these people in these stories to know where their experience is coming from. Yeah. Yeah. I went on to, um, I think it was on 323, where he says, uh, um, just in the top, valuing the differences there, the essence of synergy, the mental, emotional, psychological differences between people. The key to valuing those differences is to realize that all people see the world not as it is, but as they are. And that just speaks to mm. everything we say about, you know, looking through our own lens yeah. and, uh, yeah, everybody sees things differently. Yeah. 
Well, it's funny. Like, I mean, tw- 20 years ago, having read that, I never, it didn't really get it, I guess, or at least not the way I do now. Like it, it to me, it points back to, you know, it, it only works one way. Like what in, I think one of you said earlier, you know, this is the epitome of separate realities. Yeah. You know, we don't see the world as it is, but as we are. Yeah. That's what yeah. And I like his little play on words a little bit further down on that page. It is, lo- is it logical that two people can disagree and that they can both be right? It's not logical, it's psychological. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he says at some point as well something about. You know the actual the, the the problem that is associated to that, um, and the problem is that we all think we're right, mm-hmm. each and every single one of us. And I guess the the further problem to that is the fact that nobody even considers that it could be otherwise, mm-hmm. because we see the world mm-hmm. as we think that everybody else sees it as well just as it is apparently not as we are mm-hmm. um so again there's always like there's a lot of truth but i always now look at it from a point of view well now what okay well i see that like you know yes i nod my head to some of these things but then i come to the sort of well now what <laughs> mm-hmm. now what am i going to do what do we do with that? <laughs> yeah, what do we do with that? Like, aha, but then what do we do with that? Yeah. Indeed, because at that moment, of course, we're always still in our own thinking. We haven't stepped into anybody else's shoes or even considered the other. Mm. But again, moving back towards the sense of, of synergy, which I'm, I'm, I'm really ever more... To me, it's not synonym of connection. That's what it is for me. Yeah. Um, as we move back to that, then, then of course, the, the, the problem is actually already solved. In the synergy, if you like, in whatever is created from um, interpersonal connection. As he says, there's a he moves from he says to interpersonal connection, but moreover, more importantly, is intrapersonal mm-hmm. connection. But then I think it 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 automatically moves. It like goes through a cycle. You go through from intrapersonal. You see things, so you can move into a an interpersonal mm-hmm. connection. But then the cycle must continue mm-hmm. and keep on going. And keep on spiraling up, of course. On 324, I highlighted, so when I become aware of the difference in our perceptions, I say, good, you see it differently. Help me see what you see. And I thought, oh, that's like, that's how Jamie's coaching, teaching us to coach is, I don't know what the hell's going on with somebody. (laughs) 
I need to ask them questions and get their world and basically, you know, help me see what you see. Yeah. And, and, and keep being open to seeing what the other person sees and, and not falling into my own autobiography of what it is that they're talking about. I've kind of come up with a, a rule of thumb for myself is whenever I think I know what someone is talking about, that's a key indicator that I don't, <laughs> you know, don't. Talking about. I need to ask them. I need to clarify. Yeah. Um, with them. Yeah. And sh- shortly after that is the little uh, parable of the, uh, the animal school mm. uh, written by Dr. R.H. Reeves. Um, I won't read the whole story, but I, I, I wrote down in the margin in the book is like, oh, this reminds me of every HR driven performance review <laughs> I was ever involved in. Of, you know, trying to get a, yeah. a duck to not be a duck or a squirrel to not be a squirrel. Um, and the, our tendency to focus on weaknesses versus strengths. Um, or differences. Yeah. 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 It, it also strikes me, I don't know a lot about, you know, corporate or HR or really um, having never had a, a direct experience in, in either. But it's especially in HR, it seems to me that's the place where they do all these most amazing aptitude tests and they do the Myers-Briggs and they do the disc profiling mm. just to exactly show exactly how we're all different one from the other. And then protocol will have it that they try to make you do what it's not you're not actually able to do. <laughs> yeah. They try to contrast that and change you in some way. Yeah, that yeah. just sounds like total nonsense to me. <laughs> yeah, they they figure out what you uh, what your tendencies are, and then they hold them against you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I just, I just don't get that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you're um, not the only one. <laughs> the next part is into the the uh, the force field analysis that you were talking about, Elaine. The restraining um, forces, yeah. and driving forces. Yeah, which which to me very much spoke of, really as as not not the three principles, but indeed that that moment when when perhaps a, a kind of ordinary sort of mental process would not have an answer because it's about the feeling because it's a feeling of resistance. We never have a, you know, you did, what does resistance look like unless you're trying to push a truck up a, up a hill and that's resistance. But do you know what I mean? We're not talking about that. Yeah. Um, and this is to me where, where it, could, it could even describe, let's say the, the husband and wife scenario, you know, he's in his logical left brain and she's in her right brain. And like, like there is the resistance, but indeed, like if those two sides, whether they're represented by a person or another person, but those two sides can start talking to each other. It sounds to me like um, a neat little sort of way forward to drop the ego mind. Mm. So you kind of bypass the resistance. You don't go into it and try and solve it. You bypass it mm. just through, again, some sort of synergy. Let, let's say, taken, for example, let's just take the, the two hemispheres of the mind. 
which to me, because the right, the right side to me speaks to a more spiritual, a more feeling, a more formless sort of, um, as the wife said in the example, you know, I don't know, it's just a feeling. Yeah. I don't know. And the husband's going, well, yes, you know, it's this and it's that and it's yeah. the, the kids and it's, it's the, the bills and it's this, that and the other. We need to look at this kind of thing. And she's going, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I get those two bits. That's where it sounds that, you know, that could work there. Get them, get them talking. Mm. But again, in a sense of intrapersonal, not interpersonal. Yeah. But start with you, you know. Yeah. It's funny this whole idea of resistance because Jamie always says he has no resistant clients because he's never, he's not trying to get them to do anything. Yeah. When you value the differences, what and to me valuing the differences is is almost going back to habit five, seeking first to understand. It's you know how can there be any resistance if you're value, valuing the differences? The resistance is when you're trying to make the difference go away. Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a good reminder to to welcome that. Yeah. Yeah, I had a an example with with a, a recent client who at the end of our first session, we were just sort of saying, you know, how how are we going to continue? Because I haven't actually set up a specific anything. Mm. Um I felt that was the best thing to do given the way we've started, given, you know, given whatever's given, let's say, the level of understanding that she has. Um, so I, I wasn't, um, you know, and she was very adamant about explaining that, you know, I, I and I just kind of smiled to myself. She said, I, I, I kind of, what she was trying to tell me was I want, I want a, a, an opt-out. Mm. You know, and although I'd said, you know, either either way, of course you can. You're a human being, free, free woman. You can opt out anytime you like, and I can't do a damn thing about it. <laughs> and but I realised she was kind to trying to explain to herself why it was a good reason that she should be saying this to me. And then at the end of all this, because I just like was just yeah. And my answer, indeed, at the end of her little spiel was great and I realized that I kind of ruffled her feathers because I had nothing to say <laughs> like, well, there was no resistance she was expecting <laughs> resistance no, yeah <laughs> not and she'd like she'd already you know yeah. put her hands up in front of her saying you know you know I don't want to this because dreadfully worried about what I would be thinking about her mm -hmm. of course yeah and I god's honest I just sat there I said well right okay and she was seriously, you know, ruffled. It yeah. didn't really didn't know what to do. And I didn't make any attempt whatsoever. At, I, I just left her with that. Mm. But okay. Give me a call. Yeah, well, she'd created the scenario and the ending, and then the ending didn't go. The whole thing herself, which in fact, indeed, the whole stuff. Yeah, had, of course. Had, just a, you know, a great reminder how, uh, like, how we are predicting the future. You know? Yeah. yeah. It was it yeah. was really, but I, again, noticing, I noticed it very clearly how how it works. And what an amazing result that I thought indeed for the outcome for that session, because I actually expected a lot dif a lot different. Mm. 
as I've got to know this lady quite well before we started. Um, but the, the, the whole idea, if you can just step out of your own head, step away from everything that is you. So like, and that the first step to that is no resistance. Mm. And indeed, I had, a, you know, amazing, like, yeah, well, you know, yes, I'll, I'll be calling you soon sort of thing. Whereas before it kind of sounded like, oh, you know, I'm going to have to chase her or do something. But I just, all right. Okay. But resistance is like doing something because you've learned to do it or doing something that you really, really are doing just as it is. And it, it's way over and beyond anything that you can ever learn. You've got to have an insight around it before you can apply it, for it to be functional, let's say. The last section is is titled "All Nature Is Synergistic." It yeah. says, ecology is a word that basically describes the synergism in nature. Everything is related to everything else. And I think what I realized when I read that this time was like, I've always thought of myself as separate from nature or people like I, you know, which is kind of ridiculous when I think about it now. Like you know, we are you, you know human beings part of nature we're you know so like the the idea that we'd be separate like certainly we're different from other parts of nature in in our humanness or in various ways but we're still part of nature and this pointing to you know talking about how this book relates to clarity or to the three principles you know everything is related to everything else mm. Mm. ergo we're all connected ergo we're not uh, human beings having a spiritual experience or a spiritual being having 8 billion human experiences, et cetera, et cetera. It's like really saw that profoundly this time through. Um, and then he says synergy works. It's a correct principle it is the crowning achievement of all the previous habits. It is effectiveness in an interdependent reality. It is teamwork, team building, the development of unity and creativity with other human beings. And again, to me, that just points to it. It's it's coming home. Like synergy is wholeness and oneness, yeah. and uh, um, it's where we belong. Yeah, indeed. And even at a at a let's say physics quantum physics level, if you think about it, you know, we are all we're all made of the same stuff. Mm. Maybe in different proportions, different sizes, but as far as you know, minerals and uh, material and organic stuff we're all it's all exactly the same stuff you know we're all just atoms spinning around <laughs> yeah exactly exactly it was uh, Baum, david Baum, from we're all basically is it that dwarf star that mm -hmm. explodes you know from where basically stardust i can't remember his yeah thing basically that's what they're saying that is so true and we can't even imagine to perform in any other way other than alongside nature or with it or in it or through it or around it or whatever, because we are we are nature and we're not separate from it. At the very end, uh, we'll wrap this up in a few minutes, but at the very end, Sean Covey, so Stephen Covey's son, 
has his new section of the these chapters and he mm-hmm. he's telling a story about uh covey and his wife and you know he was doing some big presentation and everyone was giving him accolades with what a great job he did and of course the wife says yeah it wasn't your best <laughs> <laughs> in the in the last line he says he uh, he came to value her feedback above everybody else's because she saw things differently and she would always tell it like it was so you know he he really valued the differences um, mm. with him and his wife. Mm. Yeah, just one one as a again also for as a final thought, just as well the realization as as you know we as reading through from beginning to end, but how it's not a. a the idea of synergy again being circular, being greater than greater than one, whatever that is, and the idea that you know habits one, two, three, four, five, six. It's not that one builds upon the other, but indeed the habits themselves mm. are synergistic. Is that the right word? Yeah. Between each one, yeah. um, it's just unfortunately that human beings read from beginning to end, sort of thing. It's just yeah. that that's the way it has to be. But it 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 became very clear reading this last this this chapter that indeed it's it's one big huge movement yeah. from habit one right through and again we've still got number seven to come but yeah yeah I love yeah. that yeah it's not seven habits it's it's one yeah. habit <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah yes yeah you know two years yeah you know we're not we're not just one human being yeah. having whatever eight million now billion spiritual experiences it's the other way around it's, yeah. and it's the same thing it's just one yeah. it's just one which is life bottom line some of the parts close i'll just read the very last thing in this chapter it says synergy is the ultimate habit the culmination of all the previous habits it is the reward or the delicious fruit of effective living so the next time you're in a meeting and someone says something that strikes you as being way off the mark, say out loud, good, you see it differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. And with that, next time is our final habit, habit seven. Uh, sharpen the saw. So we'll uh, look forward to seeing you then. Thanks yeah. for being here. Can't wait. Thank <laughs> you.